Hey, it's Jamie Sumner, left guard from 1994-95, and this is the Bunch of Nuts podcast with my boys Dan and Cass. Go Bucks! Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Bunch of Nuts podcast. I'm Dan. I'm here with Blake today. It is Big Cass's birthday. Happy birthday, Cass. Our, our dude is in international waters on a cruise right now. No service. Uh, but happy birthday, Cass. Uh, and you, you probably hear Carmen going nuts in the background. I apologize. She's just howling. She sees someone outside. But uh, today here, I got, I got Blake, our boy Blake, recurring, you know, co-host at this point. Blake, it's great to have you. How, how have you been? It's awesome to be here. I love coming on the show with you guys. I've been doing well. It's been a good summer so far, uh, working on a big season pre article, which we'll get to in a little bit. But, yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, we're definitely going to get to that article. Uh, just some minor things to touch on first. First, uh, you know, Ohio State announced that uh, Wisconsin is going to be a blackout. And then following that, we're going to bring back the scarlet out, even though every game is kind of a scarlet out in the shoe. But it's, you know, the, the, the color rush uniforms against Iowa. Uh, Blake, which 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 one, which which uniform combo do you like better? Let's start with that. I mean, I was at one of the blackouts actually in 2017 against Penn State, and the blackout looks cool, but we did it during the day, so you know it kind of loses its luster a little bit. And that was an awesome atmosphere. But then we saw the scarlet out last year. I know we've done it in years past, but bringing in the uniforms where we kind of wore the color rush, it was they looked sweet last year. So I'm I'm a big fan of the of the scarlet out, and it's more true to Ohio State's brand and the colors which is why I like that more. Me too. And, yeah, so I, I'm all in on the Scarlet Out. I, I like them both. It's going to be great to have those atmospheres this year, you know, that they're really hammering at home. We're going to have traditional uniforms against Notre Dame, two huge brands. It's going to speak for itself, that canvas. And Wisconsin, the blackout will be raucous as usual. And then Iowa for the Scarlet Out is going to be a sight. I think, I mean, I think it's smart to do the Scarlet Out against a team like Iowa. It's The Scarlet Out is effective, but I think the blackout is way more effective from a, a crowd perspective, intimidation perspective. But the Scarlet Out looks better. So I think they're both great options. One's aesthetically pleasing and one gets the job done. I think Wisconsin will be the tougher test. So it's important mm-hmm. to bring the blackout against them, uh, which is crazy too. Because you would have to assume now this this has to be a night game, right? I, I'm thinking it has to be a night game if they're doing the blackout against Wisconsin. For sure. I mean, that's going to be a big matchup. Because just it might be the first, it. it might be the first of two meetings this year too against yeah. Wisconsin or Iowa. Because I mean, I'm just thinking about it. I feel like Big Noon kickoff would want Iowa, Ohio State, the color rush on noon, and then Wisconsin. Uh, that might be. I, I Twitter has me all confused because Twitter doesn't know uh, who who has the game. Because some people are saying game day has the, the Wisconsin game. Some people are saying Fox has the Wisconsin game. No one knows. But if it's with ABC, it's going to be a night game. If it's with Fox, it's going to be a day game. Yeah, I looking at the slate of games, the, there's only three big games in, in week four when Ohio State plays Wisconsin. I'm going to assume game day is going to be in town and ABC is going to have that matchup. Just just kind of looking at the slate and seeing, just kind of knowing a couple other things. Um I'm pretty certain that's going to end up being a night game with ABC. I, I, Fowler I, and Herbie in the booth. I agree. It's just interesting because, and I'm not complaining about this, but Ohio State's getting the Notre Dame game week one, and then we're also, we're also getting the Wisconsin game like a few weeks later. I just don't know if they can like 
justify that because they like uh, you gotta think about it if, if you're like a tennessee fan or like a usc fan it's like why aren't they coming to our schools or like so it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays plays into that yeah i agree but i mean it's gonna be good either way it's gonna be beautiful and i'm not complaining no not at all it's gonna be an awesome environment no matter what time of day you kick that off. But it's gonna add more to the environment and to the game and to the build up if it's at night or even three thirty, but that's kind of off the table at that point. That, it's gonna be nooner. Nooner night. <laughs> that would that was people were saying that would be the funny one too. Like imagine yeah. ma- imagine we're like trying to figure this all out and they just do it at three thirty, which I honestly would not hate. It could be No, me either. It could be it could be that three thirty ABC game because sometimes they do have those three thirty games for the night games. I think that would honestly fit nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be down for that too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. Moving on, um, EJ Liddell, uh, not good, Blake. Uh, I don't know if you watched the video. I did. Basically, he was playing defense. Someone was kind of backing him down a little bit. He was holding EJ Liddell was holding his ground. His his legs got stuck. Knee bent the wrong way. Turns out, torn ACL. Um, prior to that, he had a you know, basket in the summer league. He had, had a nice little dunk. Um, and then he also injured his knee though prior, which was interesting, but EJ Liddell officially done for the season. Uh, what's your reaction to that? Just kind of heartbroken for him, honestly. I mean, not kind of, I, I am. It's You always had to see guys get injured, especially uh, a guy like EJ Liddell, who he kind of looked like he got overlooked in the draft class a little bit based on where he went. But that was his chance to go out and prove himself in the, Summer league, you know, kind of get himself acclimated to what the NBA is like and everything. Yeah. And we know he's been a great player in Columbus for us. And it was going to be awesome to see him get an opportunity in the league because you know he's going to be an impact player. And it just kind of delays it. And that, that's the risk that comes with the summer league. I know it's few and far between, but I, I really am heartbroken for him. And uh, I wish him well on a quick recovery for sure. Me too. Good news is um, – it's the Pelicans he's on. So if you can't make the Pelicans, that's on you. He should, I think, easily make the team because they're <laughs> yeah. they, they had the run this year. They have some players, but I think I mean it's the Pelicans. It's not not a, not like the hardest team to make, right? So that's true. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, he, I'm sure he'll be all right. But mm-hmm. Blake, reason we really have you on today is you got you know it's. It's close, close to fall camp. We just did our awards preview last week. You are basically like – you're kind of like a mini Phil Steele now at this point with your six years, six years in a row with your previews. Um, you, have it in, you have your preview in, in, in the works right now, but let's, let's touch upon it a little bit. Before we hop into it, do you want to go and uh, what any early Heisman, any early Heisman picks since you guys went on the awards? So, what's, uh, what's your take on Bijan Robinson? He's very, he's like a four net. I feel like like a guy who should be should will be a first round pick, should be a Heisman guy, but he just his ceiling just very very good not just great like not great but like a, a step below that um yeah, my, I'm with you. i think he's gonna be great for texas this year 
my my secret my, and I'm probably going to get into this later. I think my secret Heisman guy is Deuce Vaughn, running back Kansas State. I think he could he could make some noise. Um, Interesting. Yeah, that's my secret guy. That's a good dark horse. That that is a good dark horse pick, for sure. I also like Mims at Oklahoma because he's going to be their top mm-hmm. target. Yeah, definitely. It, the thing with the Heisman voting this year is Caleb Williams. Um, we'll see what, how he works with USC's offense. Obviously, you know he's going to do well, but there's there's too many quarterbacks to. They're going to spearhead this Heisman race the whole year, and it's really going to be if either Will Anderson, Bijan Robinson, Vaughn Mims, any of these guys can they unseat one of the three quarterbacks to Stroud, Young, and Williams in that, in, from that top three. What's interesting too, I think this year has a, it's a strong chance where a quarterback might not win it if you think mm-hmm. about it. Because yeah. the the defending guy is still here. He's a quarterback. Mm-hmm. We could have a two-time winner. I don't think we will. Stroud, well, well, it's Stroud, and then it, there's kind of a drop-off. Yeah, I agree with you. And the other thing, too, in CJ Stroud of Bryce Young's cases, the offenses, both offenses are so dynamic, and they have so many playmakers on them. You're going to spread the wealth. And what if you have Stroud and Travion Henderson in New York? Or you have yeah. Stroud and Smith and Jigba, or you have – uh, Bryce Young and Jameer Gibbs, and they're and they're all in New York. You're kind of going to split the vote in a sense, like we saw when Ohio State a couple of finalists a couple of years ago. You kind of split the vote in that sense. I agree. I I, so that, that could work against them. There's so many moving parts of that offense. Is one going to separate from the other because those offenses are basically run by three-headed monsters? I I, mean, I, I agree. It's uh, just an interesting article. And I could see a guy like Will Anderson too. I mean, I think he's a very legitimate Absolutely. candidate after what what he's done at Bama. You know, he's won a national championship, and he sh- honestly should have been h- considered higher in the Heisman last year, uh, mm-hmm. in my opinion. He had a fantastic year. He has that Chase Young hype going into it. If he puts up those numbers again, just replicates what he did, I think he would win the Heisman. I truly do based on where people see him. Yeah, and he has the stages for it. I mean, obviously, Alabama's always on the national stage and everyone's radar. But he's, he's going to Austin week two. I mean, you register yeah. a couple sacks right there, boom. You're sitting top three with your boy Bryce Young. And obviously, probably C.J. Stroud as well if he has a good game against Notre Dame. Like I mean, yeah, right there. you're absolutely right. If Will Anderson, let's say – just think about this on Twitter. Will Anderson strip sacks uh, Quinn Ewers, like Bama gets a big touchdown or something. Yep. You don't think like the Buckeye fans are gonna love that too? He's gonna get like that backing. Like that could happen easily, really quick. So I, I could I think we might have a good chance at a defensive Heisman for sure this year. Yeah. Crazy as that sounds. But Blake, your article, uh, it's still in the works. Some great stuff. Um, I don't want to ruin your article because I don't want to give your top twenty five away. You do have teams to watch. So could we talk about some of the teams you have to watch? Absolutely. All right. Uh, you got – you have the Utes of Utah. Uh, you have the Trojans, the Sooners, the Spartans, the Cornhuskers, and the Wolfpack. Why are they – I guess why are they there and why not higher or lower? We can start with Utah. Uh, we saw the close that Utah had to last season and then, you know, the Rose Bowl – they didn't beat Ohio State, mm-hmm. but the way they played Ohio State, you know, both teams were missing guys and everything. That game was one of the most fun, chaotic matchups I've ever seen. But you look at Cam Rising at quarterback and the pieces that they have, and their defense is always solid with Kyle Whittingham. 
So as we're diving in more to Utah, their schedule sets up favorably for them. Uh, they're going to have a big showdown at, against USC, but they host USC. They have to go to Eugene, Oregon, and they have to play Florida in Gainesville. Those are two, they're two winnable games. So their schedule sets up nicely for them. But honestly, why they're number one on my teams to watch list is because people are counting out the Pac-12 just because it's more so become a hashtag in that Pac-12 after dark in the last couple of years. And now USC's back on the national radar, but now they're coming to the Big Ten. So if the Pac-12 can make any noise this year, I think it's going to be through Utah. And Oregon and USC will be good as well. But Utah has the potential to be uh, very balanced with the top 10 offense and a top 10 defense, which is going to make them very difficult to stop. And then USC, I mean, you brought in Lincoln Riley. That was the move of the offseason. Uh, yeah. They're bringing college football back to L.A. I mean, that goes without saying Lincoln Riley's going to have that bus moving. I do think that USC is going to be too soft at the line of scrimmage to compete with the big dogs. So let's say USC found their way into the playoff and they had to play Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, any of those even team up yeah. north, those big lines. They they can't, Bryce, I don't think they compete there. Yeah. They got Bryson Shaw at safety. So yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but yes, we know how that's going to go. So you're absolutely yeah. right there. Exactly. Yeah, then if we keep going down the list, you look at um, Oklahoma and Michigan State. There are two teams that intrigue me, and they're there not because I think, oh, they're going to be these incredibly great teams this year, these powerhouses. But what are they going to do this year? Look how ahead of schedule the Spartans were with Mel Tucker last year. And Mel Tucker's getting so much love and so much respect. Now, can you do that again? And then with Oklahoma, the program basically got plastic surgery. It looks completely different. They lost coaches out the wazoo. They lost a bunch of players. But they brought in a ton of transfers, and they hired Brent Venables. He's a great defensive mind, which has been Oklahoma's weakness. You know they have the offensive pieces in place. So Oklahoma can find the way to win 11 games or they can win eight or nine. It just, I'm just intrigued by what Oklahoma can do this year. And the big 12 is not as clear cut as people think, because I don't know how good Texas is going to be. You know, they, they're going to get waxed by Alabama uh, week two. <clears throat> and then Nebraska played a ton of close games last year. We saw the uh, three and nine, but they were, uh, I think they were even in scoring margin in the Big Ten, but they finished in the positive overall throughout the entire season despite being 3-9, and nine, which is unheard of. I don't think any team's ever done that. And North Carolina State, there's outlets that are having the Wolfpack in the playoff. I don't know how you feel about that ceiling for no NC way. State. No shot. I personally don't see that. However, I can see them winning the ACC or at least – having 10 wins. I, I cannot personally see them in the playoff, but Clemson is such a big question mark because their roster talent is, it's there, obviously. They have, I think, a 62, 63% blue chip rate ratio. Um, <laughs> That's insane. The, yeah, the talent's there. They got uh, DJU quarterback. He's really, he, he, if he puts it together, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be unreal. Yeah, he's good. Right, and, and we saw him when he had to come in for Trevor Lawrence a couple of years ago, I mean, we saw what he can do. The kick can play. There's there's no doubt about that. So if Clemson can put it together, they can be right back in the playoff too. But if they can't find their way throughout the whole season and they're kind of messing around, not scoring more than 20 points like they did last year, they didn't score more than 20 points against the Power 5 team until I think it was November, which 
I, for I, Clemson, that's unreal. I do think, too, playing Georgia week one was the worst thing for them. I, I agree, yeah. Because their offense, they played the arguably one of the best defenses in college football history week one. Offense barely got any points. That just destroys any confidence going into the season. And then right there, you're just in your head. I think that was just that, terrible for them. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And really, the ACC hangs in the balance of Clemson this year because so many teams are getting love. You see Miami's on the radar now with Mario Cristobal they're, and they're recruiting. I was <laughs> going to say, I think Miami has a shot. Uh, you were saying like Clemson. I think Miami yeah. or Pitt would be my teams out of the ACC because Pitt just showed us they could do it. And right. we were talking pre-show like Slovis, and they still have a great receiving core. Mm-hmm. They could replicate what they did last year if Clemson is down. I think it's possible like a two-loss Pitt team. But Miami, mm-hmm. though, Tyler Van Dyke has been ranked the second-best quarterback in the ACC. He's gonna be. He was a freshman last year. He's got swag. He's a good passer. Mario Cristobal coming in knows obviously has Miami, you know, knows Miami like the back of his hand. Went there, alumni, recruiting great. I think Miami has some momentum right now. Hey, yeah, and Miami's going to play tough because that's Mario Cristobal's brand. He turned soft West Coast Oregon, Mr. Slant Routen, speedy offense into a bruising power football school that can still run a spread. They now run the power spread, and we we saw the lineup close last year in Columbus. I mean. Yeah, they, and, they can play big boy football now. And you know Miami's going to bring that back. So you bring that physicality back into Miami yeah. and the ACC, you're going to make noise. Absolutely, and it's and I, he, I mean he has probably the best, one of the best quarterback. Well, I, I I lie. Justin Herbert was probably much better, but Tyler Van Dyke's probably yeah. one of the better quarterbacks he's had. So it, it's very mm-hmm. it's very feasible to believe that. Um, and then they got Jalen Knight in too, good player. Um, he he's going to be a sophomore now, so. I mean, Miami's Miami's pretty loaded. Yeah, I, I agree. The ACC, they've got all these teams that are talking about, like, can Wake Forest do it again? They've got Sam Hartman still there. You have NC State. They're on the radar. You have Pitt. They're back with uh, Slovis. You've got Miami. And then, uh, I mean, there, there's a whole slew of teams below Clemson that are ready to take the crown. But are those teams ready to unseat Clemson again and end that dynasty or – did Clemson just slip up last year? Couldn't get out of their own way. They've got the pieces back together. They're going to retool the offense and the defense with new coordinators, and they're going to return back to that prominence we've seen during the college football playoff era. It, it's very possible the ACC could just be on the rise. Yeah. It, it, it's, I mean, if all those pro, if FSU, Miami, uh, Clemson, um, trying to think anyone else big like if those teams are all good the ACC is one of the best like it's it's a top two conference but easily so yeah that's what the sports missed for the last so many years I mean you just had Clemson mm-hmm. and there's not much depth to the concept that was the big tens problem for the longest time and then Penn State decided they wanted to win the big ten and the team of North Latcher now they won the big ten and they've the Wolverines and the Lions, like they've played in big games. They've given the Big Ten depth. Wisconsin, Michigan State, Iowa, they've, they've all given the Big Ten depth behind Ohio State for once. The SEC, obviously, we know they have depth. But yeah. the Big 12 and the ACC and the Pac-12, they've struggled with that depth. They've had one team that's in the conversation every year in the college football playoff era or around it, and then maybe a second or a third. But other than that, there's not much to offer. But now it looks like that ACC depth is going to be – coming back this year or next year. Speaking of depth, looks like you have 
believe six Big Ten teams in your top twenty-five, if I counted correctly here. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to reveal your top twenty-five. You did have though that team up north surprisingly high, mm-hmm. but I do agree where they are in your poll in your article because if you look at their schedule, and I got this in honor of them, it's a cupcake. Like it's literally <laughs> their schedule is a cupcake. They're in, they're going to be probably five and zero, six and zero without play, facing anyone tough. I'm going right. to eat this now. Yeah, go for it. I'll talk while you do. Enjoy it. So that's what's really interesting about what's going on in Ann Arbor. Jim Harbaugh's coming up his best year. He's got the monkey off his back now. You have the quarterback battle with Cade McNamara and JJ McCarthy. In my opinion: JJ McCarthy eventually wins that battle. That's my opinion. I think he is the better option at quarterback given his skill set and in the modern offense they have. Also, Ronnie Bell is back this year. He's going to be someone that everybody forgot about and and is written off because he's just not in their sights. He's going to come back. He's going to be a yeah. great player. And Donovan Edwards, the kid can ball. So despite he can play losing like five different positions, <laughs> right? He's at H back. He's he's like their Curtis Samuel. And you, if you look at their setup is okay. Josh Gaddis is now in Miami and Mike McDonald, his rental's over. He's back with the Ravens. All right. So they lose two coordinators. Normally a cause for concern. They lose some key pieces on defense. Normally a cause for concern. Well, September, they don't even have to show up to the big house to win. They're not playing anyone with a pulse until they walk into Kinnick, which is not going to be a walk in the park, but you can work out the kinks in a full month. You're going to have all of camp. You have spring ball, all of camp, and an entire month of college football, live game reps. You're going to have the kinks basically worked out by then. So your only two tough road games are Iowa and Ohio State and Columbus. Yeah. I can see a world where they're 11-0 walking into the horseshoe, and we have a monster collision on hand in the shoe. I think we're significantly better still. Like I know they. I, I agree. I think yes. we're gonna we're gonna do like a 2018 game where we just absolutely thrash them. I, I believe that it's just it's very possible that they're gonna be like you said 11 and 0 when they come in here. Uh, I think yeah. I think though they'll drop one. Yeah, 10, and, 10 and one's more likely, but I I can see the world where they could be 11 and 0. And I, I th- can also like, see nine and. Michigan State will somehow beat them <laughs> or something. Yeah, some always have. He has trouble with the snap. <laughs> something something crazy would happen, in my opinion. Uh, it, it always does. And then we'll thrash yeah. him. But you're absolutely right there. Um, who are some surprise national contenders? Do you have one or two, I guess? Because it's, it's tough to find national contenders in college football because there's usually only three. Yeah, so so are you wanting a team that's in the betting favorites, or just someone that's in the lower top, lower top ten, top fifteen like that? Who who do you think could go? Who do you think could win a national championship um, if they got got into the playoff and got hot? I guess outside of Ohio State and Alabama, yeah, that's that's right. really my question here. That's a tough call. I mean, Georgia has the roster to get back there. I'm not sure that they can sustain what they did last year. And it, you kind of look at Georgia, their average drive that they had to do last year for the offense was like 40-something yards. I mean, mm-hmm. that's unbelievable numbers. Let's see what the offense can do, and they have to go 60 or 70 yards constantly throughout the whole season. They're probably going to lose a game in the regular season, but Georgia can definitely win it. They have an elite roster. They have a great coach. Uh, they're right up there. Texas A&M has a roster. I don't think they're getting to the playoff, though. 
team up north, they're going to be right there. Notre Dame is going to be right there. Notre Dame is going to be one of the better Notre Dame teams we've seen uh, in our lifetimes. They do have a tough schedule. They open in Columbus. Obviously, I have my thoughts and opinions on that game in the article that you'll see. And then they play Clemson, which is going to be a – that's going to be the evaluator, that game against Clemson. And then they close at USC. But Notre Dame's going to have the line play to do it. It's just – they. it's kind of like LeBron and the Raptors, how the yeah. Raptors play against LeBron in the playoffs. That's yes. what Notre Dame is like when they when they face one of the big boys on a national stage in the postseason. <laughs> that's that's my comp for it. They, they are the Raptors. And Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, they are LeBron. When yeah. it comes to postseason play. Ohio State game. would be LeBron, I think. And then I yeah. think Bama would be like the Warriors. <laughs> so <they> just <laughs> <laughs> Right, exactly. And that... I, I look at it really this year. I think it's a two-horse race. It's Ohio State and Alabama. I, in whatever order you want to put like that. I got, I got a sneaky one for you. Um, and this is, this is on the, with the tidbit that mm-hmm. the new co- their new coach has it all like figured out right away. Because um, if you look at their early schedule, it, it is winnable. And I think they will, by, by the time they play their first big team, um, they'll be probably 5-0. and It's Oklahoma. And because they have they have the roster, I know they lost a lot of guys, but they they still have a lot of good players. They have, Venables is an Oklahoma guy. If if he you know I I don't know what we're gonna get from him as a head coach. So he's they're kind of a wild card, but it could be a situation where he's getting the keys to. It's not a Ferrari, but it's like it's a really good Tesla that just needs like a charge for like a little bit. Yeah, or at least a Corvette or something like that. It's a sports car. Yeah, for sure. It's, the, and that's the, that's the key that you said. The infrastructure is in place there in terms of all of those those pieces that you need. And But, yeah, that question is how does being an assistant coach translate into being a head coach? Because that doesn't always go as smoothly. But I agree. I think Venables is going to succeed there. I think he's going to do well. And, and you're right. If Texas isn't as good as advertised and Baylor and Oklahoma State, they could be 9-3. They could also be 10-2, 11-1. It, it all depends. But I, that path is there for Oklahoma. I, I like that pick. It's not I get behind it. Yeah, it's I mean it, it makes sense to me and uh it, it because they have such an easy schedule going forward. They, and it's not like it's not like they got like obviously they lost their quarterback and their coach, but it's not like, you know, they got like the death penalty. It's they, right. they got they still brought in Venables, probably the best defensive mind in college football. You can make the argument that he he's more valuable to Clemson than Dabo. So oh, yeah. it's almost like, you know, Clemson's defense, which has always been nasty. It, with Oklahoma's traditional offense, I think that could honestly go pretty well if it's done correctly. Yeah, it's definitely a peanut butter and jelly situation if you look at it that way. And and their schedule too is they're going to Nebraska. They're going to win that game. It might be uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a robbery game. I mean, they're going to they're going to win the game. And then Texas is a neutral site, which you know that's always Red River. That uh-huh. speaks for itself. And then you got Baylor and Oklahoma State at home. You can be eleven and you can be eleven and one, twelve and zero. Like the script is there for them. So, I yeah, mean, I, yeah. I, definitely, I definitely see the pathway for them to get to the playoff. And then they have the roster talent to do it. But, again, beating Ohio State or beating Alabama or beating Georgia, can you run and play big boy football at the same time on that stage, which Oklahoma has not shown the ability to do no. in the playoff? They have not. 
maybe it's maybe this is the year where they just figure it out because yeah maybe it is who knows it, it, it could be a freak thing it almost like i feel like they should be running a, a jim trestle type of team i just want to see i want to see oklahoma go strong defense no offense and just punt a lot and they just bring big 10 football to the big uh the big 12 that'd be classic if i'm watching an oklahoma game and they punt from inside the 50 <laughs> <laughs> or inside the 45 that would be classic but, I mean, the, the door to the playoff is wide open, in my opinion, outside of Alabama and Ohio State. I, I do think that seeds three and four are up for grabs and that Oklahoma is one of those first teams in line to get there. I, I also, I'm also a fan of Baylor. I, 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 for some reason, I'm big on the Big 12 right now, but Baylor, too, I think is up and coming. I like their head coach, Aranda. He's, he's, been, he's, been, he's been good, and I think, honestly, Baylor – uh, their infrastructure, that new stadium, they've got some money now and everything. I think they're a team that can really do well during this NIL period if they do it right. I agree. I mean, you, you have all the Texas oil money at your disposal, too. Chip like, and again, Joanna Gaines. Miranda's done a fantastic job. Hey, <laughs> yeah, exactly the- right in Waco. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> hey, guys, I just signed an NIL deal with the Magnolia Network. <laughs> I'm going to get some shiplap on my front lawn. <laughs> I don't even know what shiplap is. I just heard that <laughs> girlfriend watches it all the time. But yeah, I mean, I love it. I, I'm, well, we're just gonna have to wait for a few more weeks for your article to drop, Blake. I oh, told yeah. you, uh, time's winding down. I told you I would leave you with a hot take. Um, we got about five minutes. I'm excited. My hot take, and I really thought about this. Um, Noah Brown will have a breakout year for the Cowboys. I am breakout as in like, you know, 400, 400, 500 yards, a couple touchdowns. Think of him as like the Cedric Wilson of last year. I like that. I, I can see that for sure, given their offseason moves and the dynamic of their offense. And they, they like Noah Brown in Dallas. They, they do. He's a great player. He's solid. He's got great skill, good intangibles as a receiver. I can, I can definitely see that. I, I, I like that. I, I don't know if he has an over-under for his yardage, but – that, that definitely might be worth a look into. Because uh, I thought about it, and it's like they need him because they use they use him on special teams. They use him a yes. little bit. As a, uh, he's basically a tight end because he's a big guy, 6'2", like 225 pounds. He's like one of their biggest receivers, and they're not going to make CeeDee Lamb block or like Gallup probably block because they need him to catch. He's like their main blocker. Uh, Cooper's gone. Um, what's his name? The number one, uh, Cedric Wilson. He's gone. They brought in James Washington. I still think uh, Brown is a better fit for them than James Washington on the field because he can do. He's a much better blocker, and they don't really have many other guys. They have they drafted a couple young kids, so I think the path is there for him, and he will see the field. And with Cooper and Wilson gone, if he's out there blocking, he might just by de facto get more targets. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I. I really do now. I'm kind of thinking about that more, and I'll, I'll sit on it to really dive into it. But I, I do like that pick, and I can definitely see that he does fit perfectly into their offense. It, and he would get he would definitely get a lot of touches. You can target him between I don't know, three and seven times a game. Yeah, got reliable hands. I'm in on that. I think um, at the if at the very least he's going to have a strong preseason. He'll be like yeah. I could see him running with the ones or like high twos in the preseason and like make, making making some of these other DBs look really bad because he's very talented. 
Yeah, and someone, if you're playing in a deeper fantasy league, someone you pick up later in the draft just to have, and then boom, he starts playing well, slip him up there on a bye week. Yeah, I mean, if CeeDee Lamb went down or something, or Dalton Schultz, let's say, they might, they, he might play a little more, you know, might have, they might have to upgrade him in the lineup to like almost, you know, outside receiver and then or make him more like a tight end or rotate him, motion him. They, they he's very flexible, a lot of options. I'm very excited for Noah Brown. Yeah, me too. That, that's going to be great. And on that note, since you talked about Noah Brown and we talked about Oklahoma right beforehand, I'm just taking him right back to his four touchdown performance in Norman. What a day that was. I have a question for you. Does right. Jackson Smith and Jigma have a four touchdown game this season? No. <laughs> he does not because we're going to want to, we're going to want to, um, I think we're going to want to conserve him. We're going to be blowing teams out. So we, we're not going to need a four touchdown performance. And it's just so hard to do. I just, I oh, think, yeah. I think last, last year was, was the, you know, the closest he could, he would be able to get. Cause now he's going to get so many people keying in on him. I'd be, oh, yeah. I'd be stunned. Right. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. It's just a fun question. Just cause I, it was a good segue there. Oklahoma, Noah Brown. I can see Marvin Sorry, Harrison yeah, getting so many options. Marvin Harrison Jr. getting a four touchdown performance because he'll get single coverage. That's that's true. Yeah, he's he's gonna have a he's gonna have a stellar season. He's I think he's gonna go over a thousand yards. Because if he if think about it, he's so tall too and lanky. If yeah, he's got sing, size. If you're going single coverage on Noah Brown, uh, not Noah Brown. Uh, if you're going single coverage on Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, or you're doubling Jackson Smith and Jigba, if that's not a good corner, let's say that's a small corner, they can mm-hmm. CJ Shroud's good enough to abuse that all day. If there's no oh, yeah. safety over the top, right? Or feed me that single coverage press man on the outside with Marvin Harrison. Yeah, you just got to break all break day. the press and you're gone. All day, you're gone. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think I think that's feasible. Definitely. But, uh, Blake, time's running out. But thank you so much for coming on. Uh, anything else before we wrap it up here? Uh, man, the air is starting to smell different. We're past 4th of July. I'm excited for football. It is coming in a couple weeks. And, yeah, just keep an eye out for that season preview. We'll be back to kind of break it down and talk to it. But thanks for having me on today. It's always a pleasure to be on with you, you and Cass. And happy birthday, Cass. Happy when birthday, Cass. To this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. So as always, go Buckeyes.